It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. Welcome to the show. I don't think that I shared with you that I was lucky enough to take home five Excellence in Craft Awards from the Outdoor Writers Association of America this summer for radio interviews we aired on this show and on our regional program, Northwestern Outdoors Radio, last year. This is no easy feat because this writers organization has over 700 members of the professional outdoors media, and you're going up against some very talented radio broadcasters and podcasters who really know their stuff and know how to put together some great interviews. Somehow, though, we earned first and second place awards in all five of the audio categories we entered, and one of those categories was the hunting category. I've got to admit, the interview I set in for judging was one of my favorites of all time. It features T. Edward Nickens, that longtime writer for Field and Stream, and the topic at hand, a hunt for huge jackrabbits in the desert of southern Arizona. We'll be sharing the story about that hunt and the surprising history of jackrabbit hunting during our show today when you get to hear from Eddie Nickens. We've got another iCast winning product to tell you about today, too. It's the Humminbird Mega Life Target Lock forward facing sonar that allows you to see fish in front of you, cast them, and watch them react to your lure in real time. Not only that, but this also features spot lock, so you can hold yourself in place and really work a school of fish. Matt Cook with Humminbird will tell you about this fish finder that promises to be a real game changer, especially for tournament anglers. Sticking with fishing, we'll also get a chance to talk to Taylor Watkins today from his home in Clinton, Tennessee. He is the new owner of Omega Custom Tackle, known for jigs, buzz baits, and spinner baits. Taylor will tell you a little more about the company and also talk about the tournament trail he's been fishing with success, the new National Professional Fishing League. How much success do you ask? Well, so far, he's cashed a check in every tournament he's fished during their inaugural season to include two $50,000 checks for two first-place finishes. If you haven't heard of this bass tournament trail before, I think you'll want to. Before we talk about bass fishing and lures and electronics and hunting jackrabbits, though, let's see if we can figure out how to catch some crappie at a lake near you during these dog days of summer. Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we've got Keith Sutton on the line coming at us today from the natural state of Arkansas to talk crappie fishing. Keith, welcome back to the show. Yeah, I'm glad to be back, John. Thanks for having me. Well, you wrote a really interesting article, Nine Crazy Tricks for Hot Weather Crappie, that's in the current edition of Crappie Now, which, by the way, folks, is a free digital magazine. Just go to crappienow.com, and you can go ahead and subscribe to that. And Keith is also the author of a very well-written book about crappie fishing, too. Check that out at amazon.com. But let's talk about catching crappie this time of year. It can be tough in the heat of the summer, can it? Oh, yeah, it it is tough if you don't know what to do. A lot of people want to try to fish along the banks like they do in the spring, and that usually doesn't work real good in the summertime. But that's not to say you can't catch them if you got a few crazy tricks up your sleeve. Probably you are going to catch some fish and have something for your dinner table. 
Well, you certainly came up with some tricks I had never heard of before, and one of them was attract the minnows, attract crappie, and this is through chumming. Tell our listeners a little bit about this tactic. Yeah, you know, when I was a kid, I fished a lot with my old uncles, and they had more crazy tricks, and this came from them. They would always carry a little bag of uh, dried dog food, and they'd take a hammer or something, kind of beat it up a little bit to make it just crumbs, and they'd spread that on the water. And that doesn't attract the crappie. It attracts minnows, and those minnows attract the crappie. And uh, it's a way, if you uh, have enough time and you can spread some chum here and there, you'll get those minnows going, and uh, those are good places to drop a jig or a minnow in and catch you a nice big old slab. Well, speaking of chumming, and this is another crazy trick I had never heard of before, the scale drop. Tell our listeners about this tactic. Uh, that that's another old uncle trick. They would always carry a spoon with us on our trips, and that's what they used to scale the fish to eat. But they also used it. They would scale one side of a fish and put those scales in a little container with some water. And then when they get up near a brush pile, they take a handful of those scales and they drop them in the water. And the crappies see those scales flickering in the water. And to them, I think it looks like when a crappie eats a minnow, a lot of times it'll blow out some scales. And I think this is kind of what they think it is. And again, it's a, it's a way of chumming in, in a way. And it's one of those old-timey tactics that seems to work. Another trick you've got is go with the flow all about waterfalls, whether they're man-made or natural. Yeah, anytime in the summer, if you can find some nice, clear, running water that's maybe a little cooler than the water you're fishing in, uh, something like a creek flowing in or a place there's a little waterfall, even a, a culvert or a pipe that's bringing water in. Finding the flow, that's key a lot of times to finding crappie. The bait will go there and the crappie will follow. Another one you've got, this is literally the only one that I I'm, that I personally use, the dock walk. And I'm a big believer in fishing for crappie under docks in summer months. Go ahead and tell us more about this. Yeah, again, you know, docks, they provide a lot of things crappie-like. And in the summertime, particularly, they like the shade, the coolness up under those docks. There's another kind of crazy tactic. I don't think I talked about it in this article, but it's called slingshotting, where you uh, use a, a short spinning reel to shoot a, a jig up under the docks and catch those uh, crappie. But you can also, if you're not good at that but don't know how to do it, you can just walk the docks, even with a cane pole or a jigging pole, and fish up close to that structure, and uh, a lot of times uh, you're going to limit out on your crappie at good docks this time of year. All right, the next one, very intriguing to me, glow-in-the-dark tactics. Yeah, that's not an old-fashioned tactic. That's a more modern tactic, and that's one I learned from some of the crappie pros I've had a chance to fish with. There are some jig bodies out there nowadays, soft plastic jig bodies that glow in the dark. And those can really add a little pizzazz that the fish like, particularly when you're fishing muddy water or fishing after dark. 
Uh, night fishing's really good this time of year, and glow-in-the-dark bodies on your jigs may really improve your catch. Last one we're going to go over today. We're not giving away all the secrets because we want you to go to <laughs> crappienow.com to read the rest of the article, Crickets and Mayflies. Yeah, this time of year, you'll often see around the banks of your favorite pond or lake or stream uh, mayfly hatches. And there might be sometimes just millions of mayflies hatching out, and you'll see them hanging on the branches of the willow trees and cypress trees. When that happens, you can bet if there's crappie in that body of water, they're going to be under those trees and bushes trying to gorge on those mayflies because they're such a a prolific form of protein for these fish. So you don't have to put a mayfly on your hook. They're kind of skinny and hard to hook, but throw a cricket out there, and uh, they'll hit a cricket just as quickly as they will a mayfly. So uh, that's another fun summer tactic, one that really may be the best tactic on the list. If you can catch a mayfly hatch going on, chances are good you're going to catch not only crappie, but every other species of fish that's in that body of water. Oh, yes, I completely agree. And, folks, if you want to find out some more crazy tricks for hot weather crappie, go to crappienow.com. And if you want to really take a deep dive, get Keith Sutton's book, The Crappie Book, Basics and Beyond. It's available at Amazon.com. And catch yourself a mess of crappie for dinner. It's all sorts of fun to catch them. It's all sorts of fun to eat them, too. Keith? Always a pleasure to have you on America Outdoors Radio. Glad to do it, John. Thanks for having me. Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska is booked for the season, which means now is the time to book for next year. And you'll want to do so soon because at the end of a typical summer, the lodge is over 80% booked. The reasons? The great fishing, the wonderful location, the comfortable accommodations, the fantastic food, and the over-the-top customer service. You'll find it all at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book today at alaskasbestlodge.com. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. From a bull elk ripping a bugle across the valley to wing beats on a duck marsh, public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today.
You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. Uh, we told you earlier in the show about Field and Stream. It's in a digital format now, but you really do need to read it. And if you go to fieldandstream.com, you can just go to the current issue. It's the Great Escapes issue. Pay $3.99, and you're going to read an edition of Field and Strain that is every bit as good as the ones you remember in print. With us today to talk about one of those great escapes is T. Edward Nickens. He's the editor-at-large for Field and Stream. He's also the author of a brand-new book called The Last Wild Road that's a collection of stories he has written for Field and Stream over the last 20 years. Eddie, it's great to have you back on the air. Always a hoot to be with you. So, your great escape was about an Arizona jackrabbit hunt, which is a really unique hunt. And before we get into it, I guess the first thing I want to do is talk about rabbit hunting. Most rabbit hunters in America, they're after eastern cottontails. You were after antelope jackrabbits. Why don't you describe some of the differences between the two? <laughs> the differences are are huge i mean that <laughs> i mean that literally yes uh, as well as figuratively these are possibly the largest lagomorphs on the planet i'm not a tall guy but when i picked up an antelope jackrabbit by the tips of its ears they reached well past my belt buckle wow they're huge they're giant animals they are so much fun to spot and stalk hunt it's like a cottontail and a pronghorn, you know, went to a drive-in movie um, <laughs> and showed up a few months later. with these. They're just they're incredible animals. They are extremely wary. Uh, they live in just beautiful, austere country, and they're fine to eat, man. It was, a, it was a kick, no doubt. I understand these antelope jackrabbits can reach incredible speeds. Yeah, they can blister. And thankfully... They don't turn on the, the afterburners unless they really, really have to. But you figure where they live, they got to get away from coyotes. They got to get away from mountain lions and, and places and certainly historically. So they can burn it up. Now, they'll typically start off with a little loping gait, you know, and when you can cover that kind of ground with four feet, they don't have to burn it up. But man, once they go, they go. And you, you've got no choice but to pull your rifle down and just enjoy the show. Let's talk about what time of year this hunt took place and where this hunt took place in Arizona. Yeah, so we were hunting in the winter. It was uh, it was in early February when we were there, winter being the coolest time of year in the Sonoran Desert. Uh, but it was still pretty warm during the day, you know, a couple of days, short sleeves while we were stalking at night, nice and cool weather. Exactly where we were hunting, we were precisely between Tucson and Mexico City. In terms of our, in terms of our exact location, <laughs> you know these animals range widely, and they're on huge private ranches. They're on big expanses of public land. Hunting in Arizona, my hunting buddy was Jonathan O'Dell, who's the small game biologist for Arizona. So we were hunting on public lands, open to the public for for hunting, for camping, which is what we did, which is a lot of fun. A, a really big positive to this trip was the fact that we got to camp out in the desert. Sounds like a ton yeah, of fun. Super, super cool, super cool. You know, riding ranch roads, riding you know public county roads to get to places where we would spot and stalk. It's kind of like hunting pronghorns, you know, during the breeding season. You get to a good place, and you cap a rise, and you glass, and you walk, and you look, and man, it's a hoot. 
Eddie, you alluded to some of the hunting you were doing with these jackrabbits. I was really taken, though, with your morning hunts. You know, you'd, you'd camp out in the desert overnight, you'd eat breakfast, shoulder a day pack with some water, I'm sure. And why don't you talk about the morning hunts for these jackrabbits? Yeah, the morning hunts were super cool. You know, the sun is coming up over that low, flat desert. And, and what happens is when it backlights a bunny, the ears glow, two orange popsicles. And so <laughs> it's crazy when you first see it, and you don't really know what's going on, but then you really start to key in on, on the rabbit's ears. And even when that doesn't happen, in the, in the morning, these animals are sort of tucked into dense vegetation, or they got their butts up against a tree, sort of digest what they've eaten as they feed mostly during the night, my understanding is. And so you're stalking and you're looking and you've got this search image in your head of this big old rabbit kind of scrunched down up against a creosote or a cactus. And that's what you're looking for, because if you don't see that, what you see is the back end of a rabbit going really, really fast. So you try to catch a sight of them before that happens. Speaking of the cactus, you know, I think people think of southern Arizona and they always think of those classic big cactus. Is that what they were hanging out with or was it a different cactus? And I also understand you got to get very up close and personal with some cactus, too. I did indeed, you know, and being a southern boy, I pride myself on being able to handle briars and stickers and all that kind of unpleasantries. But, yeah, it was another world out there. I mean, you ask about what kind of cactus, I'll tell you, all of them, all at once. <laughs> um, actually, you know, the, the big the big saguaros were a little bit of a rarity where we were. But, you know, the chola cactus, lots of these uh, prickly pear, just, I don't know, you know, I would just call them either dang cactus or stupid cactus or <laughs> blip, blip, blip cactus, if I, if I had to name them. But <laughs> they, were, they were everywhere. Yeah, and I had one really funny episode where I uh, I got stuck in the foot, and reached down, I got stuck in the hand, and you know, you get briar in your hand when you're bunny hunting. Back home in the south, you just pull it out with your teeth. No. Um, so it was a up-close, personal, and kind of painful was my experiences with the cactus. Although there was one, and Jonathan told me about this one cactus, and I was eating the flowers and snacking on the flowers. I don't remember which one it was. That was kind of cool. That is cool. Let's talk about jackrabbits as table fare. This was really a fascinating part to me in your story. You had some really interesting tidbits about how jackrabbits really made up diets for a lot of folks during the Depression and how Jack O'Connor, one of the most famous hunting and shooting writers in the world, subsisted on jackrabbits for a time. Yeah, Jack O'Connor was sort of known as the dean of long-range rifle shooting, and he cut his teeth shooting, sniping these jackrabbits in this very region where we were we were hunting. And they make the great table food. Jonathan O'Dell is one of the country's, literally one of the country's best wild game cooks. And he cooked rabbits in black iron skillet. He cooked jackrabbits in a hole in the ground. I, I don't know how he couldn't cook a jackrabbit. And they were absolutely <laughs> delicious. And let me tell you, that big old rabbit is a, is a big old pot of meat. And that's what helped a lot of these farmers and Old ranching families get by in the Dust Bowl days and the Great Depression. Communities would have jackrabbit drives, which is exactly what you think it is, where they'd line up across the landscape and walk these things down because that was about the only thing they had to eat. 
Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating stuff. Folks, again, you got to check out this article. It's in the Great Escapes edition. That's the current edition of Field and Stream. And you can go to fieldandstream.com and just go to where the magazine is. It's digital now. It's not print anymore. Just pay $3.99. You can read all of the story and lots of other great ones. Before we go, though, I want to talk about your new book. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about The Last Wild Road? Thanks for asking about that. The Last Wild Road just hit bookshelves in mid-May, doing well, gotten a lot of great reviews, a lot of good love from the industry. It's a collection of, for the best of my work in field and stream, over the last 18 years. So we've got about 30 of my shorter essays, the total outdoorsman essays in there, and another 30 long features from Alaska to every part of the continent. I'm super excited about the book. Beautiful cover. And yeah, hope folks check it out. The Last Wild Road, available at Amazon, big bookstores, little bookstores, online, you name it. Well, I'm certainly going to be picking it up because, Eddie, you are truly one of America's favorite writers when it comes to fishing, hunting, and the outdoors. And I love your adventures, and I'd like to thank you for sharing this one with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Always happy to be here, John. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. From a bull elk ripping a bugle across the valley to wing beats on a duck marsh, public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today. I'm going to take you fishing, honey. You're going to love it. Going to get up before the sun. Rise above us. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz, and it's time to talk bass fishing. We've got Taylor Watkins on the line. He's the new owner of Omega Custom Tackle. He's coming at us today from Clinton, Tennessee. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. Omega Custom Tackle, known for jigs, known for buzz baits, known for spinner baits. Tell me a little bit more about this company. Omega Tackle's been around for quite some time now. Started by a guy named Todd Barnes out in the Missouri area around that Lake of the Ozarks kind of area. Started it up out there. From what I understand, he worked in a factory and he had some guys there that helped him. And I think on their break times and their lunch times, they were building jigs. So kind of hometown kind of deal. He grew it. Picked up Derek Remitz. Derek Remitz went down to, I believe it was in Texas. I believe it may have been Amistad. Went down, won a Elite Series tournament, I believe it was, down on Amistad with a football jig, and it just kind of launched the Omega brand onto the scene. He grew it, grew it to a nice company, you know, with a good start. Sold it to a group of folks, and I think that kind of group of folks just kind of just let it go as it was, didn't try to necessarily grow it and add new things and keep innovating. And the brand kind of slowed down a little bit. At that time, Brad and Michelle kind of jumped on board, bought it. I think Brad and Michelle have had it for six years now. I think they bought it in uh, 2016. 
Brad and Michelle did a phenomenal job as far as growing it, putting in new products, getting the social media aspect of things going, getting on my part, what really intrigued me about it was the foundation of part numbers and the way that products are brought in and took out. And as far as, you know, all of the things that involve of running a business behind the scenes, they did a great job as far as getting all those things together. And that was one of the things that really intrigued me about this company because as being an angler and a, you know, a fisherman, a husband, a family person, and I work a full-time job, I had to have something that, you know, I couldn't be in the basement building jigs every day. Uh, <laughs> that really wasn't an option, you know. So uh, this company really intrigued me, and I think it's been a good thing so far. We, we're getting into it and digging into it, and the, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where things go. So you and your wife, Noelle, are now the owners. I presume this is now your full-time job. Where can you find the lures that Omega Custom Tackle sells? So first place to look would be omegacustomtackle.com would be, you know, the, the best thing as far as just strictly Omega. We are in Tackle Warehouse, Real Shot up in uh, Wisconsin, Fitz Fishing out in Missouri, and we're constantly adding uh, new places, new brick and mortars, talking to several different online companies. There's a bunch of them out there now that you can buy baits online. One of them that actually they've just placed their first order with us and we're actually working on getting it, uh, the product line into there and on the website is uh, Baitworks out in Missouri. Okay. So uh, really excited about that. Just start looking there in a few weeks. I, I think it should be just a couple of weeks and they'll go live with that. But definitely uh, our website, Tackle Warehouse, and we're definitely continuing to grow as far as branching out and getting more suppliers. You are a professional bass angler. What is the best-selling bait that Omega Custom Tackle sells, and what's your favorite bait? You know, as far as the best seller goes, you know, it's hard to say because it changes throughout the time of the year, you know? So, like, this time of the year, this bait will sell good. But definitely our, uh, I'll say... Our go-tos are what Omega is known for is our Alpha Shad Buzz Bait, our Football Jig, and our Pro Mega Structure Jig. Those are probably the three main things that Omega is just really, really very well known for and that have been a staple in guys' arsenal for a long time. You know, it's funny you mentioned the Buzz Bait. You know, when I was a kid and a young adult, you know, back in the 80s, threw Buzz Baits a lot for bass, but... It seems like that lure has almost gone away. You know, people still fish, obviously, spinner baits, and people fish chatter baits, but, but you don't hear about a whole lot of people fishing buzz baits, but you're still a believer in them, aren't you? Oh, yeah, 100%. You're, especially early spring, late fall, man, it, it's a killer. A buzz bait is it's a big fish catcher is what it is. If you need a big one, pick up a buzz bait and, and put it in your hand, and you're typically going to get a big bite. And let me just ask you, you are a pro after all. How do you fish the buzzbait in terms of what kind of retrieve do you use? You know, it depends on the day. It depends on the conditions and what's going on, what's in front of me. But typically, I mean, just for the normal everyday guy, you can pretty well just a slow, steady retrieve. I, I think the biggest part of the 
the buzz bait is is how you present the bait and where you present it, whether that be a, a shade line or getting it up under a dock or bringing it down a, a lay down. I think that's one of the biggest parts of throwing a buzz bait is, is that presentation. And then, of course, you can definitely trigger bites by speeding up the reel handle, you know, three or four turns and then slowing it back down and speed it up three or four turns and slow it back down. Definitely things like that on different days can be a, a major player. Well, speaking of professional bass fishing, you are one of the 120 anglers that's part of the National Professional Fishing League. Started up in 2021, heard about it when I was covering the Bassmaster Classic down in Texas that year, and you've had some success. You've taken home a couple of first place $50,000 paychecks. Tell our listeners a little bit more about this league. Yeah, MPFL, you know... It's one of those things, so I work a full-time job, you know. Now I'm a business owner, and I'm also a husband. So in order for me to go out and fish the Elite Series or even to get started to go fish the Opens and go fish all nine Opens or go fish, you know, a bunch of Toyota Series, which I was fishing Toyota Series before MPFL, but MPFL, the way that the schedule is laid out, we have a minimum of four weeks in between each event. Nice. So standard four weeks in between each event. So with me working a full-time job, that allowed me to to be able to work, you know, take care of everything that I needed to take care of, and then I would be gone for a week-long span, you know, five days. I mean, I would be gone longer than that, but have to take off of work for five days. Then I could come back and pick right back up, you know. It wasn't where I was leaving for three and four weeks at a time. But whenever I heard about the league and found out about the league and – I reached out to ownership, which is Brad and Michelle Fuller, who owned Omega Custom Tackle. You know, that's kind of how we made the connection. But, man, reaching out to them and, you know, Al and Paul Benson and and just the ownership group, they're, they're so nice. They're so good. They're good people, you know. And I, you know, initially took a chance. We all did. Everybody that fished that first year took a chance on the MPFL. And I always wanted to be a professional fisherman and this was my avenue you know this was my opportunity this was my chance and and I was lucky enough to get invited and took the opportunity and had a you know successful first year I I, you know I cut a check in every single event that we fished and then initially ended up winning that final event. Well congratulations to you on that and folks if you want to find out more about the National Professional Fishing League they've got their schedule up for 2023 there's going to be six tournaments they're going to be in states like Texas and Michigan and Oklahoma and 120 anglers will be vying for cash each time and one third of them every tournament will cash a check and it's an interesting format it's old school three days of fishing heaviest weight over three days combined wins it nothing fancy just good old tournament bass fishing Taylor, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, and I wish you luck both on the tournament trail and with you as the new owner of Omega Custom Tackle. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at WorkSharp. Whether you're grilling on the back patio or cooking in the kitchen, you know you're going to need some sharp cutlery, whether it's a paring knife or a serrated knife or a butcher's knife or scissors. And the perfect item to have in your kitchen for that is the electric kitchen knife sharpener. It uses abrasive discs for gentler sharpening and a sharper edge, and it has a built-in 20-degree angle guide that ensures a perfect uniform edge for a flawless slice from tip to heel. It's a compact design that does not take up counter space and 
works like a champ. I've got one myself, and you should get one too. And if you go to WorksharpTools.com, you can buy one online or look for them in quality stores all over America. That's the electric kitchen knife sharpener from WorkSharp. Go to WorksharpTools.com and order one today. Got a bamboo pole and a leaky boat. It ain't much, but if you bail, it'll float. I'm gonna take you fishing, honey. You're gonna love it. Come explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com. Sportsman's Cove Lodge in Southeast Alaska is booked for the season, which means now is the time to book for next year. And you'll want to do so soon because at the end of a typical summer, the lodge is over 80% booked. The reasons? The great fishing, the wonderful location, the comfortable accommodations, the fantastic food, and the over-the-top customer service. You'll find it all at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book today at alaskasbestlodge.com. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting and stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. Campers, adventure seekers, hunters, and foodies. No matter the lifestyle, we can all agree on one thing. Great food and great people are worth remembering. At Camp Chef, we don't just make grills. We create each product knowing that a warm meal is always better when it's shared with those we love. Learn more about Camp Chef grills, smokers, and portable cooking equipment at CampChef.com. That's CampChef.com for a better way to cook outdoors. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So, while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we've got another iCast winning product to tell you about. It's the Humminbird Mega Live Target Lock, which is taking fishing sonar to a whole new level. With us here 
tell you more about this forward-facing sonar that's a lot more than that is Matt Cook, the brand manager for Humminbird. Matt, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having me, John. Pleasure to be here. First things first, congratulations. Before we talk about this particular product, let's talk about the evolution of forward-facing live sonar. I mean, I'm of an age where I was just excited to have regular 2D sonar, but we've come a long way since then. No doubt. Um, I mean, there's a there's a reason why the live sonar craze is as popular as it is, and it's kind of the cutting edge of sonar technologies. It's yeah, it's very basic form, just fun to fish with. I mean, you can watch fish on screen, pursue your bait, and eat right on screen, and then all of a sudden you feel the tug on the other end of your line. But more than just the basic sense and, and fun of it, you're able to understand so much more with live sonar. You can see how the fish are reacting to your bait in real time, and you're able to understand if that's the right bait or the right cadence. And so you're learning so much more with this live sonar and forward-facing sonar like Mega Live that uh, just allows you to hone your presentation and, and be more effective on the water. So I think that's why we're seeing such a high popularity towards these types of sonar technologies out there in the market. Forward-facing live sonar is generally mounted on a, a trolling motor. There's a number of companies that make it. But you've taken it to a new level. Why don't you tell our listeners how you've done that? Yeah, so what we've seen out in the marketplace prior to Mega Live Target Lock is, as you mentioned, a lot of times you'll see it mounted to the shaft of a trolling motor. And uh, well, that works where you can steer the direction that Mega Live or a live sonar is facing with your trolling motor, and you end up with kind of a compromise of not being able to have your boat control of your trolling motor using, say, spot lock on your trolling motor at the same time as your live sonar. So you kind of end up in this pick one, choose one at a particular time. So you're kind of making compromises between using live sonar and your boat control. Really what we've tried to do here is maintain all of your boat control features, including spot lock with an Ultrax trolling motor, and then give you full freedom in use of your Mega Live sonar. And the way we've done that is independently mount that live sonar and then create a, a host of new features that the industry is now realizing our capabilities of using live sonar. So we've kind of reinvented the fishing experience with live sonar. So, Matt, I got to tell you, I love the spot lock feature because... You know, the forward-facing sonar, it really shines in offshore fishing, whether you're after walleye or whether you're after bass. And usually you're in a position where you can't use a shallow water anchor at the back of your bass boat because, you know, you're too deep. So having the ability to have the spot lock is a really big deal, isn't it? It is. And, you know, really what we try to do here is, you know, give the anglers back spot lock while they're using live sonar. Spotlock is one of those technologies and features that anglers have come to find that it's almost irreplaceable in terms of boat control and fishability out there. And so when live sonar started to be mounted to trolling motors and they had to pick between two features, it really made it difficult for guys to try and get the most out of both their Spotlock and their live sonar. So uh, what we can do now with this Mega Live Target Lock product is your motor's all independent, so you just, at the touch of a button, engage spot lock. Your boat control's taken care of for you. Not a thought in the world. 
And now you can even independently steer your Mega Live as your boat's sitting at Spa Lock. But the really cool feature about uh, Mega Live Target Lock and what we're excited to tell anglers about is this Target Lock feature. So just at the push of a button on your Target Lock wireless foot pedal or even on the Humminbird screen, you just lock in your live sonar view. So think about it almost like a spot lock for your live sonar, if you will. And because it's independent, we can even move around a piece of structure that we've target locked on. And that target lock sonar will stay fixed on that structure where those fish are. So you could move around it if you wanted to, picking that structure apart, catching those fish, making sure that every last fish that's on that piece of structure, you have a chance at catching. So we've really just tried to enhance the capability of anglers by giving them 100% of that spot lock functionality and then just enhancing the fishability of live sonar with this target lock product. You know, it's really easy to understand why you won the best of electronics category at ICAST with this. Another question for you. I understand that it scans constantly 120 degrees, you know, forward facing. But is the range different or better than some of the other products that the competition has? So to your point, scanning out in front, that's uh, another one of those software and features that we developed for this product, our Mega Live Sweep. So it's just a setting that you can turn on or off. So as you're cruising around structure or looking for fish, you can set an automatic sweep out in front of the boat. So just more automation and integration of that live sonar into making that fishing easier with you. But as we've tailored some of these features, we've also introduced some additional performance upgrades in our software and uh, our mega live sonar performance. So I think users who are used to Mega Live having used it prior, are also going to get a really nice surprise with the new software available that's free to upgrade from our website. And then those who are looking at which live sonar to choose, I think are going to be very happy with what they see with not only depth and range performance, but also jig and bait tracking performance, picking up those fish and seeing your lure all at once out there. So I think there's a lot to be said about, yes, this physical product is really changing uh, the ways you can fish with live sonar, but the sonar performance too for all Mega Live products is really the best it's ever been. Absolutely incredible. We have got to go, but one final question I know a lot of folks are going to want to know the answer to. When will the Hummingbird Mega Live Target Lock forward-facing sonar or live sonar be available for consumers? One of the best parts of news here is, you know, in a in a world where we find ourselves waiting for a lot of things or, you know, there there being delays, we don't have to worry about that here. The new Mega Live Target Lock product is shipping to dealers today and is filling the shelves as as fast as it can be. So anglers, regular consumers are buying it from dealers everywhere across not only the U.S., but across all of our dealers worldwide. So uh, that's that's fun. You know, even this season, you can get this product in your hands, on your boat, and experience it on the water for yourself. Last thing before we go, the website for Humminbird so folks can find a dealer. Yep, it's Humminbird.com, H-U-M-M-I-N-B-I-R-D.com. So it's all the information to find out more about Mega Live Target Lock is there, more supporting videos to see the sonar, and you know the additional features as it pairs up with 
Makota Altrex, Mega360, and the whole suite of technologies that we have to offer. Learn more and see the powerful technologies that we brought to the market. are really excited to share with anglers everywhere. All right. Go to hummingbird.com, folks. Check out the Mega Life Target Lock. It's going to really change fishing out there. This is very, very interesting indeed. Matt, thanks so much for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thank you much, John. Appreciate you having me. In other news, this is the time of year when a lot of us are heading out to the range, whether it be a formal range or an informal one, and getting ready for the upcoming season. And one rifle that's just great for just kind of breaking in the shooting, getting down the marksmanship fundamentals is the 22 caliber. And if you want to have fun shooting a 22, pick up a 22 caliber lever action rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. There's a whole bunch of them that they sell, and they've got utilitarian ones. They've got some beautiful ones like the Golden Boy. They've even got some tribute editions, and each one of them is made in America. They are all rugged. They're all reliable, accurate out of the box, and each one comes with a lifetime satisfaction guarantee. Just go to henryusa.com and check out the lineup of 22 caliber lever action rifles. And don't forget to ask for your free decals and catalog while you're there. The website again, henryusa.com. Technology, it's definitely changing the way we catch fish. But we'll have to save that topic for another time because, unfortunately, we are out of time. I'd like to thank our guests for helping us put together another great show this week. And I'd like to thank you for listening. I always appreciate your time and your comments as well. If you haven't already, please like and follow our Facebook page at America Outdoors Radio. We're going to be doing another giveaway pretty soon, and you'll hear about it there first. And if you're traveling, you know, you can hear America Outdoors Radio on 128 stations around America. Just go to our website at americaoutdoorsradio.com and find stations and airtimes wherever you may be going in our United States. Until next time, here's hoping that you are blessed, that you are healthy, and do remember this. It is your country and your outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. (laughs) 